0: BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther.
1: Hello and welcome to the
0: BBC Essex
1: Gardening Hour podcast, which you can download and listen to for free on the BBC Essex website. That's bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. I'm Ken Crowther and this week my special guest is Tom Cole from Rittle University College near Chelmsford. Coming up, we'll be answering your gardening questions on everything from hydrangeas and sweet peas to azaleas.
0: Ken Crowther, answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex.
1: Tom, well, I mean, it's a warm welcome to the programme. It's still a bit cold out, and we are well in May now. So how's it affecting the gardens? Well, you say it's warm and it's wonderful, and, you
2: know, it might be a bit cold. but And it's been very cold. It's been very frosty. We have had terrible frost, haven't we? <sighs> minus five, minus six. In some parts of the country, even lower than that. Yeah, the old vines have had a bit well, of a Well, all the tops of the vines have gone, and uh, my wisteria... I was waiting all... You know, I've been waiting. And to it's emerge. been burgeoning. It came out... And then the next
1: night was brown. So how do do we just... I mean, generally, English gardeners just put up with frost. Happens some years, other years it doesn't. Are there things that we can do to help? Well, there are. I mean, the only thing you can do is actually, if you know through the weather
2: warnings that it's going to be a, a significant drop, then use things like horticultural fleece. Uh, which you can get at any good garden centre. Peter Sebra always used to wreck neck curtains. Neck curtains garden. are good, actually. Not as good as horticultural fleece. Of course not. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, you grab what you can, really. Yeah. Uh, and they can just be draped over the plant, and that's enough to actually create a little bit of a temperature lift around, particularly flowers... Uh, which is the most important thing. I'm not so worried about the foliage, but the flowers are the most important things. Because if foliage
1: gets burnt it'll come back. It'll won't come it?
2: back, but the flowers, that's it really. Once that flower's gone, it's gone and if you're growing for fruit, that's a problem exactly. for you.
1: And plums flowered early this year, I think they might have been affected,
2: <laughs> mightn't they? Very early. Quite a lot of the stone fruits do flower early and you've just gotta be very um. Well, vigilant, really. The other thing is, I mean, if you haven't got any of those, horticultural fleece or the um, nets, is paper is quite good as well. Gives a little bit of a lift, but obviously, you've got to weight that mm. down. Mm. So, you know, be vigilant. That's what I'm going to say. Just because we're in May and summer's around the corner, we can get frost right the way through May.
1: Now, some people believe polythene helps, but it doesn't. doesn't no. Frost will go straight through it, won't no it? No
2: protection at all, other than protection from things like hail and weather and wet weather, but not frost.
1: Yeah, that's something to look out for. Now I'm going to go back to something really boring. It's dry, very dry. So weeding with a hoe is fantastic, isn't it? Because you can Absolutely. keep hoeing, they lay on the surface, bit of sun, dead. Now what do you use? What hoe do you use? An ordinary traditional Dutch hoe. Absolutely, yes. That's what I like. Always walking forward. Yes, someone said, someone i would said met somebody yesterday, it was, and they said uh, he was a gardener and he worked in a, a large garden and he said, oh, my boss has just given me this funny shape thing. I said, oh, it's not a swoe. A swoe it? it looks like a putter. Now, do you remember? And it's brand new. And I'm thinking, swoes came out in the 60s, didn't they? Yeah. Have they I, come around again?
2: Do you well, think? Well, I've never really seen them loads of time on, on a, in a garden centre or a
1: supplier. But having used them, they what? are really, really. I think they're, they're really good to get around those multi-stem oh, plants. They're difficult to use, though. Not as easy as a Dutch hoe. Are home. they? All- no. That's not too bad. Dutch hoe for me. Anyway, uh, do do uh, keep hoeing everywhere you can. Keep it on a regular basis because it really does work, particularly with the dry weather. And the other thing that I've noticed is people don't get to their driveways early enough. And it's worth spraying uh, a good weed killer, proprietary driveway weed killer, which will leave some weed killer in the gravel. Or Use it on block paving. It goes down through the, through the gaps and sits there, and that will stop weeds germinating as well. So look out for those proprietary weed killers specific for driveways. Don't just use anything, because some weed killers might drift into your lawn or your bed, and you don't want that, do you? You don't want that. So no. are you? So you are? Get out there, weed. Well, another thing, actually, now
2: that spring is finally leaving us, all those bulbs are finishing off. Things like your daffodils, your snowdrops, uh, even even things like uh, your winter aconites uh, and so on and so forth. There, it's a great time to actually think, well, I've got a big clump there. I want to move them around. This is a good time to lift and divide. Jeez, yeah. So lift, literally take the whole clump out. I would probably wet the ground if it's a little bit dry and then
1: take that clump out, split it into quarters or thirds mm. and then dot them around the garden. And then they will produce clumps again, and in five years' time, you do the same thing again. Yeah, and and maybe just to finish it off, water them in, but water them in with a liquid feed. That's a good idea. Something like MaxiCrop? Absolutely. Now, we're we're talking summer, aren't we? Clean the patio. What do you reckon? Oh, I've got to do that. You've got to do that. Now, uh, you can do it with a pressure washer, but you do get a hell of a mess, and it sprays all the dirt up the windows. Tell you what, look out for some of those proprietary patio cleaners because some of them there's one called patio magic and you just water it on, leave it alone and when it's rinsed off, it's clean well pretty clean anyway, it doesn't get everything off but it, it makes it look like new again and look out for several of those because Power washing is a good way of doing it, but it can nip out the pointing, can't it, between the slabs. So be careful if you're using a pressure washer. And if you've got a really messy one, look out for companies that do steam cleaning. Because I'll tell you what, steam cleaning a patio will bring it up like brand, brand new. So there are. Not forgetting, <laughs> have you left your barbecue all winter? It's like ones yeah. out there. Yeah, they look disgusting. <laughs> it's got to be clean, though. It's got to be. Clean. It's got to be clean. So get yeah. it indoors and yeah. give it a damn good clean, or get a bar a bowl of water outside and really clean it off. Because you could get in a real muddle if you're cooking on something that's dirty, and you'll give yourself perhaps food poisoning or something. So see that it is really clean. And um, well, talking about barbecues, nothing better than having
2: maybe some lovely potatoes, some new potatoes, with it, and they are starting to shoot up. And as they begin to emerge, think about earthing them up. Bring the soil up around and over the crown. Just leave a tip of the growth exposed so they can carry on growing. And that keep those potatoes out of direct sunlight and stop them from growing green. And watch out for frost on those as well. Well, you have, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, earthing up is another way of maybe potentially protecting them. But if you know you're going to have a frost, I put soil over the whole lot. Do you? Absolutely. What, and then let
1: them push back yep. up through. Yeah, they're absolutely fine. They are fascinating. Lots of jobs to get on with around the garden and listen out for the podcast every week, where we've got new things for you to do absolutely every week. Keep you busy, keep you enjoying your garden.
0: Ken Crowther, answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex.
1: Let's have a look at some of the gardening events taking place across Essex over the next few weeks. And we'll be starting in Billericay. Yes, the Horticultural Society are holding a plant sale on Saturday the 13th of May at 8.30, and it runs through till 12 midday. Takes place in the reading rooms, High Street, Billericay. Entry is absolutely free. So it's as simple as that. Uh, Don't forget, uh, on the 20th of May, there's the matching charity... um, Farmers' Market at the Village Hall. Fresh produce. Local farmers producing, including meats, cakes, eggs, etc. National Flower Show takes place at Highlands House in Chelmsford on 19th, 20th and 21st of May, 10 till 5. Celebrity guests, etc. National Garden Scheme... uh has a house open at Rosedale on Sunday the 21st of May 12 till 5 and that's 40 Colchester Road viewers described as a plantsman's garden wide range of plants homemade teas and plants will be on sale three pound admission going through till June uh, what have we got in June well we've got the gardens across Attlesford and Harlow hoping to raise money for St Clair's hospice very important one that's to support in its 23rd year and more than 20 gardens taking part. Entries by brochure and cost £5 and contents, the details and location of all the gardens will be there. So that's, don't forget, that's Advance Warning Saturday the 24th and 25th of June, 10 till 5. And if you have any gardening events, For the BBC Essex Gardening Hour, please send all the details to me, Ken Crowther, with at least three weeks' notice, either by email to ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk or drop me a line to BBC Essex, P.O. Box 765, Chelmsford, CM2, 9XB. Coming up next, myself and Tom will be answering your gardening questions. And we'll start with Sheila in Church Langley and her Montana Clematis.
0: The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther, every Saturday from 11.
3: Um, the thing is, my Clematis montana is heavily flowered. It's beautiful now. Do I prune it back after the flowering is dead or do I wait for the second flowering?
1: I'm going I'm to wait and see what Tom says. <laughs> what would you do, Tom? Uh, when, well you does ca- it need pruning? That's my my first question. Well, does it need pruning?
3: Well it just needs it's pruning kind to of coming coming down over the window a little.
2: Yeah, right. You just need to cut it to the shape of whatever it's climbing on. You you don't really cut it down to the ground. I
3: see.
2: Um the only time you might ever cut it right to the ground is if it absolutely got out of control, then then, right. you, then you could actually do that actually early and don't even right. worry about the flowers. But as soon as the flowers are finished, um, I sort of give it about a week or so, and then I then I'll start to prune really. Right. I go through it with the shears. Do right. you, Can you say you, yeah, I use shears. Yes. Uh, okay, it, uh, Ken. There's
3: one other thing. Now, hang on. Someone...
1: though. Tom's <laughs> looking terrible at me. I'm getting a very stern look because I use shears on them. Oh, <laughs> well, it's outrageous. Because they no, because they're inclined to hang out to the front. They sort of bloom into a sort of blob out the front. I just cut the front out, and it seems to work quite well. well how right. would you do it, Tom? I cut them back mm. to a bud.
3: One other thing, one other thing, I put some grass seeds in, in the garden, um, you know, and uh, two months have gone by, and they've just kind of filled out a little. Um, Does that mean they will still grow, or...?
2: Uh, they, they, They should do, however... You might want to do some overseeding. I have just I did a lawn about a month ago, and they've only just... Because of this really erratic weather we've had, it's been warm, then it's been very, very, very cold. Right. Nothing's <laughs> germinated, and all of a sudden, it started to germinate. But it has been a little patchy in areas. I'm going to wait for the rest of it to come up. I think it will all come up. Yeah, but should I use di-
3: the lawnmower
2: or not? Um, I, you only want to use that once you've got about uh, four or five centimetres of growth. Is it oh, pa- Is it patchy? Oh, lovely. Hang on. Thank, Thank you very is so it- much. Okay.
1: Fine.
3: Thank you. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. She want like, She's oh, gonna you, rush out there and do that. Yeah, think. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> Eve from. Where? Hello, Eve. How can we help you? Good morning. Um,
3: I wondered if you can use um, tomato feed on all plants, including uh, like house
2: plants. Any flowering plant you can use tomato feed on. Um, tomato. And, uh, any any flowering and fruiting plant yeah, basically. Anything. Anything like that because it's got potash in, and potash is really good for flowers and fruits.
3: And is it? Um, I mean, is your particular uh, tomato feed only? Um, I think you can find different uh, varieties in. in the...
1: Well, we would not recommend <laughs> no. a specific tomato no. food, but, but... It, it's what you're saying, Tom. Is it's got to be tomato food? Yes, because if, that's it, why uh... the potash is high, isn't it? Yeah,
2: that. I mean, it's very high in tomato food. It's also <laughs> high in other flower-promoting uh, feeds as well. So, just I mean. Just go for. If you've got got a tomato feed at home, then use it. Lovely.
3: Thank you very much.
1: That's a a pleasure. And Christine in Bishop Stortford, you're asking about a rose bush.
3: Uh, Hello. Yes, my son's been given um, a David Austin bush. Uh, It's called Olivia, named after his daughter, who's one in June, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to put it in the garden uh, in case they move house. So, and it's it's in a. a green sort of David Austin pot, I, am, am I advertising? It's 10 inches high, 7 inches...
1: Too small. Um,
3: sort of the other way, you know. And it, and the whole bush is 28 inches high from grass. Is it too late to prune it? Because it does look a bit straggly, although uh, it's got buds. What size pot should he put it in? Is right. it too late to move it
2: now? No, it's perfect to move it. Um, but take care, when you get roses from some nurseries, they might say to you, leave it in its current pot for a period of time because um, to, to let those roots establish further. So just check there on any sort of information that came through when the... Uh, uh,
3: the information on the thing says put it in the ground. Uh,
2: well, OK, so I would use a big pot. I would go for something like two foot by two foot pot.
3: So it is a good idea to move it now, Absolutely,
2: is it? yes. Get it into a bigger, bigger pot and use a good uh, compost, something like, a, for, a fa- for a rose, I would use something like a John Innes number 3, if you can get it, from all, any of your good garden centres. It's a lovely soil-based uh, compost full of goodness, and pack that around your plant firm it in, water it in, put it in a nice sunny spot. And as regard to pruning, if it's in bud, do you know what? I'd actually probably just leave it this year. Yeah, I would. And then come back in the spring next year, and that's when you want to prune back all the growth that was produced this year, almost down to sort of knee height or shin height.
3: Okay. Knee height, because it does keep... Uh, on the instructions, it tells you how to prune, and it sort of says, like, first year... So yeah, much, He's talking year, about so next third year, so much. So the first year would be knee high. Yeah, and and start next start year, that it?
2: next spring. Okay,
3: love it. and feed. What should he feed
0: it with?
2: Well, I think because you're going to use some fresh compost, I wouldn't worry so much about feeding at the moment. But probably um, maybe towards maybe after flowering, or or actually during flowering, this is a perpetually flowering rose. Uh, you could use a liquid feed, and you could use something like uh, any of the tomato-based feeds would be fine.
3: Okay. okay. Oh, lovely very Much that's, that's g- lovely, thank
1: you. Good, thank you very much. That's Christine over in Bishop Stortford. We'll talk to Paul in Bocking. You've got a couple of questions for us, haven't you, Paul? Yeah, I
4: have. They're probably going to be very boring to you guys. But Nothing's ever no, on no, no, Paul. I know nothing, what it's like. you, you know, you get the loading ring and this is oh, I've got a budgie with long toenails and stuff like that. But go, oh, no, no, my budgie's go. got
1: my budgie's got short toenails, but anyway, oh, oh, um, know, I mean. Paul, anyway, Paul, no problem at all,
5: right?
4: Listen, here we go. We've planted some um, trailing tomatoes, which you plant in like hanging baskets. The particular variety is called Tumbling Tom. Now, um, a friend of mine has been on the computer. She's been on Thompson and Morgan's website. The instructions that they're giving are contrary to what the actual producers are giving on the card that comes with the tomatoes. Well, I'll
1: tell tell you what then. You tell us what you – how big's the basket –
4: um, it's probably about 400mm diameter. It's quite a big one. What's
1: 400mm um, in I mean 40cm. 40cm. Well, 40 40 right. 40cm. The,
4: the conflict is, one particular person, as in Thompson & Morgan, is saying that you don't have to take out side shoots, and the actual card that came with the tomatoes is saying that you should. What's no, your advice? No, you don't
2: need to take don't. out side shoots on Tumbling Tom. No. Tom. No. You just just leave them alone. So, one plant per basket. That's it. It's all you need. Yeah. And uh, enjoy them, really. Put them in the the, the
1: sunniest spot you can possibly think of.
4: Right. And here we go. I've got a friend of mine. Oh, hang on. I'm
1: going to. Hang on. Hang on. On tomatoes, you're not putting them outside yet, are you?
4: Well, they are, but they're being covered up heavily. Good man.
1: Right. Just wanted to get that through. I don't want you to take our advice and then find that they're killed by frost, you see. Right.
4: And believe it or not, I've got a friend of mine that's cross-pollinated last year, tumbling, time with a gardener's delight, but we don't know what the outcome's going to be. I'll perhaps let you know later in the year. Yeah, oh, that'd that be is nice. interesting. <laughs> and here we go, wisteria. Yep. Um, the mother plant that the cutting was taken from was purple. The cutting was brought on in pots. It's then been transplanted outside 10 years ago. Is it right that the new blossom comes out white? No. Would that be, why is it doing that? I mean, uh, We've looked on the computer, there's various colours I know, but I would have thought purple, would have flown purple. Are we wrong in
2: thinking that?
1: The cutting should, shouldn't it? Because it's, it's the same wood, isn't it, Tom? Yeah, yeah. if you take the cutting, oh, yeah.
2: if you, the cutting has been grown on, the cutting should produce the same flower as the parent plant. It's
4: um, growing white as opposed to purple, which the mother plant was.
2: OK, would be interesting whether it retains that whiteness as it goes through the years, yeah. uh, because it might well... I, I would expect that to be the same colour. That's an interesting one.
4: OK, thanks very
1: much for your help, anyway. OK, Paul. Thanks. Paul's there in Bocking. Uh, Brenda, what what you got for us today?
3: Oh, hello. Um, I get every year a lovely show of camellias, pink, but they just fall off straight away. Right. The flowers. Now,
1: hang on. Let Can we go, do the buds fall off or do the flowers form? No, they're, and then?
3: they're they're full flower and they all fall off.
1: And what colour do they go? Do they go brown at all before they drop off?
3: No, they're still lovely pink.
1: And is it facing, it, does it get morning sun? No. Right, OK. And is it in the ground or is it in a pot?
3: It's in the ground. I've had it quite a few years and it's happened every year.
2: And have you noticed any weather conditions around that time?
3: No, nothing changes.
2: But it's just it's just happened?
3: No, it's happened for the last three years.
2: But has it just happened, though, this no, year?
3: Oh, no, it's been like it for about five weeks now.
1: Oh, right, OK. So prior to that, it's still cold nights. Um, well, there's a few there's
2: things. It could be lack of water, couldn't there it? There could be a few things, really. Um, if it was lack, if it was lack of water, yes, you can get bud drop and also flower drop. Um, so even when they're in full bloom, you can get that. Another thing that could be is uh, you do also get birds landing on your plants. I've seen this on not oh, they just camellias, off, don't they? And they peck them at the base of the flower, and the flower just falls onto the floor. So it could be that. And sometimes if there's a real sudden drop in temperature... They'll drop you, again. But you'd expect the the flower petals to be brown. You would. So there's no browning, I think.
3: Oh, they only go brown when you're on the ground. Well,
2: that's, yeah, that because they're dying it off It sounds now. more like
1: water then, doesn't well, it? Well, it could be water. It could be mm. other bird life, bird really. Life. Water or bird life. Have you watered it at all this spring?
3: Yes. Yes, I
1: have. Heavily?
3: Um, about twice
1: a week. That should be enough. Well, that's enough, isn't it, really? Yep. As long as it's a good amount.
3: Watch out. I'll watch out for the birds.
2: I'd Watch, I'd out, watch for out, out for those because I can't think of anything else actually would do it's that. Not, is and there's no insect life at the base of the flower. That's something else to look no, at as well. Now,
3: what about feeding? What can I feed it with?
2: Um, well, you can use any product that's got an uh, it's got sequestering or an iron based feed. Oh. Um What's the same so-
3: as What I feed the hydrangeas? Absolutely. With, yeah? Yes. You've got it. Yeah. Right. Well,
2: yes, I'm doing that all
3: right. And um, peonies. Yes. Um. They're, they're fine, but what I wanted to know is, you know when they die off, they're not, I've got the bud there at the moment, so they haven't opened yet, but when they open, do I break the bud off when it dies or do I just let it die back?
2: Let, let the whole thing die back, really. Are we, are we talking about a peony that dies to the ground and then comes up again every year? Right. Oh, correct, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. just let it, let it produce its flower and then let the flower die right off, because all that goodness is going back into the plant. And right. then, then maybe somewhere in the middle of the summer, halfway through the summer, or even in the autumn, just take away that dead growth, or wait until the end of the year and just take all the growth away.
3: Right, that's fine. And what's
1: the best thing, thing to feed the most? Uh, well, good liquid feed.
2: Yeah, or you could use something like um, a sort of granular feed. Really, More general like Growmore. Yeah, like or growmore or fish blood and bone. You can work that in around the plant. around the plants. Just t- tickle it over with a with a fork. That will be okay.
1: fine. Okay.
3: Okay, that's that's brilliant. Have a nice
1: day. Uh, Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Brenda. And we go to Carolyn in (laughs) Clacton.
3: Morning, Ken. Hi. I have a standard rose in the garden. Um, All the new growth which has come up in in the last couple of months, um, all the little um, shoots are uh, blank, they've come up to a dead end. I wanted to know do you prune them back to the, the nearest leaf? notch and and hope that they will shoot sideways
2: oh, that's interesting um on on the new graph i what, what you say they're dying are they dying off or they're just no, nothing's developing
3: it's, it's, it's lovely and healthy actually but the all the shoots have come up and they've they've stopped they've they've just stopped at a leaf and,
2: and has that adapted. just happened there's no buds and and has that just happened
3: um well, In it a- has, yes. Yeah, because
2: yeah. I, I, I <laughs> think because I've seen it's it, it. That's a cold weather. Cold weather. So uh, what I would do is, um, you we're still we're still potentially going to get cold. Yeah. Um, I would probably leave cut, well alone. Well, I would leave it alone actually because am it always alone. it's always tempting when something dies off. You think I'm going to cut that back and it'd be great. And of course yes. when you cut it back and we're still in a problem where we've got frost, all that new growth that comes is then cut back. Leave it alone for the moment okay. and then monitor it and part way through this month, hmm. I would then, as, you, we as you were saying actually, cut it back to a leaf. Yes. Okay. All right. yeah. yes, um, I thing. would also, is it in the ground or is it in a pot?
3: It's in the ground.
2: So have you Feet. fed it this year? No.
1: Feed feed feed. No,
2: with this, with roses always go for a very very strong high potash rich feed. Good so rose, go for top food. rose. Top I rose is
1: bought a good some one.
3: potash. So I'll I'll start watering it with that.
1: Lovely. Oh okay. That's lovely. Yes. Okay. Yep. Best Thank of luck. You us- Can you let us know how you get on? We're always interested to know I'm going to go to this one from Pascal. I'm not going to try his surname. Pascal wrote us an email. Last summer I was on a French island where I collected lots of bittersweets, nightshade berries, brambles and sloes, all in the wild vegetation near the coast. I dried them well, put them into paper bags and took them home to Vienna, Austria, where the bags were always kept dry outside. This winter uh, there were several weeks with temperatures around minus 6 degrees Celsius, if this is of any informative use. Anyway, he took all the flesh, especially of the nightshade seeds, but although I treated them as well as all other seeds for the gardening season, not one of these many seeds from isle germinated. Neither slow nor bramble nor nightshade do have an explanation. And he's put as a bracket an Austrian window cleaner who has found the perfect complement to a monotonous work with the wonderful podcast from BBC Essex. So there, <laughs> are. there you are. Go. Got any ideas for Pascal?
2: Well, in the preparation of the, of the seed, yeah, removing the flesh is important because that's stopping any he's germination. He's done it all right, hasn't uh, Some of those, uh, particularly the fleshy sort of blackberry, you need need to re- remove those. Keeping them stored is the important thing, though. Maybe outside, although he it's, cold, it's gone down, didn't he? It, 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 it have needs to have it. cold, but it needs You need to keep it in a dryish sense as well. So, you've sown them. Be interested to know what he's sown them in. Um, but he's sown them, it's gone through a period of cold. I think it's a little early still. So, no, I think because, you're being impatient. Yeah, because uh, we were doing this with some RHS students uh, at Rittle University College. Last uh, season, they're only just beginning to germinate, and that is things like um, aces, privets, and those.
1: Again, they're similar sorts of uh, plants, and they're, they're hard. Some hardy. of those are hardy.
2: even things like uh, hawthorn, which has got a sort of double dormancy, we we're not expecting a lot, but um, they're so, just starting to germinate. So, so I'd uh, actually, I'd, I'd wait.
1: Pascal, wait and listen to the podcast, which you'll listen after the program or next week, and there's your answer. Be patient and keep us in touch, yeah. because we'd love to know. Tom's on in about a month. You can tell him whether he's right or wrong. <laughs> I'm going to go on to the phones, which is 0300 200 40 41. Colin in Springfield. Hello, Colin.
6: Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Hydrangeas. Hydrangeas. I have four hydrangeas in pots. Um, one pink, one white, and a pink one which I turned blue last year by using the, uh, the colourant thing. And also one of the dark leafed um, v- versions now the dark leaf version and the one that I turned from pink to blue um, are very very stunted this year they literally only just produced leaf right from the very base whereas the other two um, have a sort of you know really come on they're growing well um, I just wonder whether there was anything that might be wrong with those two
2: um and they're all they're all mop headed types are
6: they yeah 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 so you'd expect
2: actually Same the other growth. two to have similar growth up the stems um, And when you say the growth is is it, is it right at the bottom so all those stems it's above right, it are dead
6: I, thought I, I, I left them sort of with you know I just cut, I, I obviously um, pruned off the, the flower heads and um, uh, left the, left the stalks up and assuming that they would bud and, and flower and leaf out this this spring but they haven't um, and all I got was I cut all the, the stems right down to the base. And I've just now got sort of leaf coming out from the base. OK, so we know they're living, so that's, that's, I mean, that's yeah. fine. They we're in the
1: ground, weren't they?
2: Yeah, so, so uh, I mean, you're not going to get... I don't think you won't get flowers from those this year, but you'll get lots of healthy growth this year. Um, yeah. So you've delayed flowering by... Uh, not you,
6: but it, it, they've
2: we've delayed the, the, pla- the plant, plant past, by a, a year. And the other two are fine. They
6: just You the just de- deadheaded yeah. those. I just yeah. wonder whether it was anything to do with me... Changing the, the, the color on them. No, <laughs> so, no, I don't no. believe
2: that has any effect at all. It is just no. purely a sort of color change. It shouldn't affect any other type of growth, really. Right. Um, well, that's a shame, really. But um, you, you've, you've done do what you've it. done. What you've had to do. And we'll leave them the,
6: alone, I hope they hope they grow up.
1: Yeah, and feed feed them yeah. well this this yeah.
2: year. Yeah, you just okay. use something like um, I
1: mean fish gen bun gen bone. Foot, we've said gen grow foot. more anything like that.
2: Vitex Q four about thirty five grams a square meter is what you'd need. Yeah, and then just prick right. it over, water it in, and
1: thirty-five yeah. grams to anybody who hasn't a clue what half that is. Handful. It's half a handful. It's literally you cup your hand and just put a little bit in the bottom of the hand, and that's it.
6: Excellent. All right. Okay, that's brilliant. Yeah, thanks very much for your help,
0: Ken. And these Tom, thank these, you. These,
1: u- these university people, these university college people, you can't can't I'm drag, them drag into you into the modern world. Yeah. No, no, no. Small <laughs> handful.
0: Ken Crowther answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex.
1: Let's go back to Tomatoes with Maureen in Felstead. Hello, Maureen.
3: Hello. Um, like your previous caller, I bought a basket full of these tumbling red tomatoes, which are uh, on a shelf in, at the moment inside. Good. They are in a... There's three of them in the basket, and the basket is about 20 centimetres by 15 deep. <coughs> Excuse point me. Is, uh, yeah. Wow. The point is, I can't put the chains up because... You can't. They're too tall now, and they'll they'll break the stems. But also, um, they're coming into flower. I've I've fed them every I watered them every day since I had them, and I've fed them once with tomato feed. Um, will the flowers be pollinated? That's my first question. If they're indoors. Uh
2: n- no n- no. I mean, what you can do is if you if you miss them slightly, that will dislodge the pollen, so the pollen will then transfer to the stigma, you get pollination so that that you can do that yourself thank uh, you so even sometimes just uh, moving the plant that 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 dislodges the pollen as oh, well I do
3: move it because I turn it down so it gets equal Sun
2: yeah so even if you're doing that I think I think don't worry I think they'll they'll all pollinate um, yes. so you don't have to physically shake it it's if you're if you're turning it turning that's it. all That'll you need to do that's it. all you need to do yeah
3: yes And the other thing is, will they be all right three in a pot? They're kind of quite healthy, three in this
2: basket. The only thing is, I think it is quite small.
1: It'll have to be uh, watered and fed heavily, Yeah, you've just got
2: to really keep on top of that watering and feeding. You could, as a last resort, you could... Take two out. Try and split them up.
3: Mm, and, I and, don't think I can do that because I think okay. I'm trying to... Leave them alone. So right. leave them
1: alone. Now, here's my other suggestion.
3: Not that strong.
5: No.
1: OK. Now, I've got, I've got one more suggestion for you. You said you can't hang it up and you'd like it hung up, wouldn't you? Yes. Right. If you undo the chains... Yes. ...from either the basket or the hook that they're on with yes. a pair of pliers...
3: Oh yeah, I'll get I'll get one of the family to
7: do yeah, that. Yeah, and me. then
1: feed it back through. If you hold it above it, and then feed the wires back through the chains back through. And then if I were you, I would then hang it on either another bit of wire or a bit of chain to hold it a bit lower, because those chains right. are usually too short. Right. Okay.
3: Yeah, and the other thing was, if I can't do that, can I just put it outside yep. on a very heavy tub and stand it in the yes, garden? Yes,
2: absolutely. I will not do it at at just at, at the moment, though. Um, no, just, no, I'm not keeping it. I'm going absolutely. to wait for the
3: end of May or beginning of June. Yeah, no, a,
1: that's a really good idea, yeah. Excellent. And we'll expect a basket, because, I mean... Punnets. It's gonna, oh, punnets. You Some need a of tomatoes. of tomatoes, you reckon? <laughs> Anne from Colchester. We're talking sweet peas, aren't we, Anne? Yes,
3: Ken. What? I've what? grown sweet peas for many, many years outdoors but this year I've got six plants in my green greenhouse they're all caned and I've been um, putting little tags around them to keep them I've been taking the feelers off I've been hoping to bring them on a bit early for a special occasion but I don't quite know where to go from here, I've got them up to about three foot I took the bottom shoots out, but they've now got shoots that they're they're going, you know, putting out themselves. But I don't know where to go. Do I need to take the top out or anything like that? Now,
1: I I just want to clarify, you're growing them. Are you going to keep them in the greenhouse or are you going to harden them off and take them out?
3: No, I'm going to keep them in the
2: greenhouse. Right,
1: you're going to keep them in the greenhouse. Basically, I mean, you just keep picking them up. Pinching them out. Yeah, don't
2: you? don't take the tops out.
1: No, let the no. tops go as
2: far as you possibly side can. Side shoots, kidding? but all the side shoots take off. Well, when, take what, off or pinch back. Pinch 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 back or cut out completely or back to a couple of well, leaves. Well, sorry, not side shoots. The tendrils I the take tendrils. out and then tie in the main stem. Yeah,
3: right, because I wasn't sure. You know, there are shoots coming out the sides, quite long. For, ones, and I, I, I'm not sure whether they were the flowering ones, you know. Well,
2: everything will flower. They will all flower on all those shoots, but what you want if you want good, if you want a quality, quality. flower, That's the problem, isn't it, then yeah. you, you're going to have to limit yourself and got to be quite hard, really, and take off those side shoots if you want to, just to have a single cordon, one stem, and then have your flowers coming off that stem. And you get a really good quality. We've actually, been, at, at the college, we, we do a trial. And we do sweet peas uh, as part of our sort of winter early
1: spring Hope crop. Hope king seeds. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Kings are the best for Pete's. Sweet they peas. Sweet are, peas aren't they? They're they're very good. Are. Yeah. Anyway, yes. That's what you've got to do. Then is it? Yeah. It's right. per- and it's perfect. Take, uh, take all these shoots
2: out. Yeah. Take the, those biggest shoots out and just have one key stem. That's what you want to have. All right. Right. And That's then t- and and just keep on tying that stem in and don't take the top out.
3: Very well, thanks very much.
1: And let us know how you get on. Going to go straight to Colin. Hello, Colin. Good We're morning, talk, Ken. Talking potatoes.
3: Yeah, um,
5: time between in or out. I was with keeping potatoes in the fridge. What is your advice? Do you think it's a good idea? Should potatoes be kept in the
1: fridge or not? Hang on, hang on. Are these potatoes you're eating or are these potatoes you're growing? Eating potatoes, yeah, yeah.
5: I'll yeah, they're already, they're already out of the ground. They're, they're, they're just in, in bags.
1: Oh, I see. So they're, are they some you grew for last year?
5: No, no, they're bought. These ones were bought, and the ones that have been grown, they're all, they're all together, but can they be kept in the fridge once they're out of the ground?
1: Oh, I see. So if you're growing potatoes and you dig them up, can you yes. keep them in the fridge?
5: Yes, exactly.
1: Er... Uh... Tom, yes. Oh, well, yes, they can actually. Because we always recommend you put them in a dark, in a bag, in a potato sack, keep them somewhere mm-hmm. cool as long as it's frost free. Yeah, that's, that's
5: always... where they are now, but they uh, they keep growing little stems on them as if they're over over fridge. They would in a fridge as well,
1: because there's dampness in the fridge, isn't there?
2: Yeah, they're probably getting some moisture from there already. So they will, do, there will be some shooting. I mean, for me personally, yes, I would tend to probably just put them in the cupboard and use them as I want to use them. But if you want to, if you if you want to store them for a longer period
5: that yeah. then a cooler
2: place, would be would work.
5: Right. Uh, so there's there's no sort of time limit.
1: They'll go soft eventually, whether they're kept in the fridge or kept in a cupboard.
5: Yeah. Okay. Fine. So fair enough. I think I'll uh, I'll keep them out the fridge then.
1: <laughs> okay. I think, I'll, I'll they're, I think a, they're generally better. Yeah.
5: I'll keep them in a dark spot where they are now.
1: Yep thank so, okay. Thanks very much. All the best. Thank That's you. Bye. Colin in Rainham, and we go to diddly diddly lidd. Iris in Lee. Hello, Iris. Good morning, Ken.
3: Um, I just rang up to ask for advice because I was just going to do it. I've had some a very good deal from um, Morgan and Thompson. You know the seed people. Yep. And it came yesterday. It's an enormous pot, and they 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 give give you six geraniums. In the little, you know, in the, um, I forget what you call them, growing in the soil, in the, in the actual um, little yeah, yeah. pods. Now, they're quite well advanced, and some of them have got flowers on, which shouldn't have, I don't think, buds. Now, should I plant them out now, or shall I leave them in what they sent them in, in this little case thing, and leave them till the frost has gone?
1: Neither. Uh, is the answer, isn't it, Tom? Neither. You can't do either of those things. Right, Tom, how, what are we going to do with them? How, how big
2: How big are they? They're not very big, well, are they're, they?
3: They're only tiny. Yeah. They've started them off. Yeah. I, the
2: I, would, I would carry on the process and pot them up. Pot, pot, pot them, them up. up? Pot them up into a, something like a nine centimetre pot. An old well, herb pot. They
3: me an enormous pot. It's huge.
2: What, for each one?
3: Yeah, no, for six.
2: For them
1: always to put six in to make a show. Oh, and you want to have
2: them as a <clears> big show? Or do you want to
1: have... You can pl- um, you yeah, pl-
2: I can yeah, I
1: can do, I can. Well, you could put them all in there, you couldn't can, you, you? keep it indoors absolutely. or somewhere safe put out it of the frost. Keep
3: indoors for a little while. Yeah, I
1: would, actually. I mean, it's a bit too
2: cold, though. although I know some people are putting bedding out at the I've moment. I've seen a couple of bits. you just got to be so careful with the weather. Yeah, because of the
3: <clears> frost.
2: <throat> yeah. And we've I mean, had
3: it very, very cold here, haven't we? Yeah,
2: so I'd be a bit wary. What you could do with the plant, actually, is well, it, once it's in the pot, put it outside during the day. That begins to harden it in. off. Bring it in at night. And then oh, you can keep on doing afraid. that for a little while.
3: It's
1: really big. Well...
3: It's have enormous you, what they've sent me
1: Have you got a conservatory or <laughs> no, shed or no, but I can
3: put it just inside my patio doors just it, yeah. That's
1: a better place to put it Just the job Yeah
3: because when they send you the details they say pop them straight out
2: well, in a, in a in a in an untypical year like this year, uh, yeah. we might well be doing that actually. But you still yeah. got. I, I think it's, a risk. It's a bit early. Mid to late and May, May is when I you put say, bedding out.
3: Flower off that the- no, oh.
2: leave them. Would lead you
3: leave the flowers? I'd leave them on.
2: Yeah, yeah, leave them on.
3: Thank uh, you very very much.
1: That's Iris in Lee sorted there quite nicely, and we will go to Anne in West Clacton. We're all up the coast today, aren't we, Anne?
3: Yes, hello, good morning. I think you did tell me about my azalea. My daughter sent it uh, flying flowers Mm -hmm. uh, for Mother's Day. It's absolutely, it was nice, but it started to dying off now. And you said something about putting it outside, was it, and then uh, repot it.
1: Yes. Now, the trouble is that azaleas that are indoors are, some are hardy-ish and Mm -hmm. most are not hardy-ish. There's a there's a mix there which makes it quite difficult. And I think it was last week that we spoke about azaleas and what I suggested was that as it dies off, repot it into the next size up pot with a good uh probably a peat based compost, but a multi purpose compost with acid, acid. But it compost. must be acid
0: I've
1: and that- all vash, all vash. No, no. It's no. whether it's acid. You want an acid-based compost. Oh, so right. It's, okay. Yeah. Look for an acid-based compost. Pot it up into the next size up, and then within reason you can leave it out in the day, uh, but you can't leave it out if there's frost because it will burn it. And then keep it outside till September, October, and then start to bring it in. And it, chances are, it will produce new buds for you.
3: Right. And also, uh, you said about feeding with tomato, Right. Can you do roses
1: with them? With that, please. Do you, oh, can you do it roses? You
2: you can do. Are they in, are the are the roses in the ground or are they in pots? No, yeah, no, no, no. They're in the ground. They're a
1: better is granular.
2: Isn't I it? I would probably <clears> use some like a granular feed. Um, so have you got any sort of grow more or fish button bone at home?
3: No, I've got. Uh, actually, I bought some um, ones from Wilco. I bought a, a rose feed from there, and this is called a Wilsoni.
1: That'd be right. If it's a rose food, use it. Then use it. Follow the instructions. Make no sure. problem at all. Doesn't matter where you buy it, as long as it's as long as it's a good rose fertilizer. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's talk to Jeannie in Wickford. Hi, Jeannie. Talking hedges, aren't we, with you?
3: Please, Ken and John. What,
1: what hedge is it? Yeah,
3: it's a little box hedge, and oh, we've yeah. had it for years. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's been like a a rusty, orangey patch appeared. I've seen it on Monty Don, but not actually close up enough to know what it looks like.
1: Monty Don hasn't got orange patches on him, has he? All his boxes. Yeah, no, was, right? sorry, sorry, that was a joke. Oh, no, sorry. No, no. Especially sorry.
3: on the seat of his pants.
1: Yeah, on the seat of his pants. Anyway. Um,
3: right, it, it looks like, my husband come here, so it looks like some dogs.
1: Yeah, if it looks like dogs, it, there's a good it, chance it, that maybe, it is box blight, isn't it? If it's a good, like that? It, no,
3: yeah. it was higher up.
1: does don't know where it is.
3: It looks like we have had workmen putting new lines in just right there where, I'm sorry, where it was. And every now and again, there's like a couple of leaves affected as well, as though something splashed up it.
2: Could be then, couldn't it? Well, we? it could be that, actually. Um, box blight is an interesting one. It, does, it doesn't It does go from what you don't get. it suddenly the whole hedge goes. It, it's in patches. intermittent patches all over the place, all around the line on the old plant. I watch that. When what I would do at this time of the year is to monitor that. I would actually feed it, feed and, it and well, and use a good liquid fertilizer. And what I what seaweed I, based one, but I use an iron based feed. So I use an iron based feed. The, the same feed you would use for any of your uh, rhododendrons and camellias. Water oh. that in through the top of the hedge. Um, and then I would wait for the next three is or four that all weeks. All along
3: the hedge, all yeah, the way, the, whole, at the whole
2: plant, the whole, all the plants in that hedge. Right. right. And then have a look and see what happens uh, within this month. And if you find that brown marking is spreading, then there is a good chance you got uh, blight. But obviously, if if it doesn't, then you've boosted the plant as well. You've strengthened the plant. And I think maybe right. the 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 problem might have been because of the any of the excavations that have occurred.
3: Yes, I had the thing up and going down the hole
2: in the pavement, you know Yeah. So it could be that, but I mean do do
1: your feeding first and, and check it this month There you go um, I'd just like to comment on um, quickly do a couple of texts and I'll go back, straight back to the phones because I know I've got a lot of calls waiting uh, I planted three apple trees in 2015 and a red robin, how far would the tap roots be down by the next dormant season because he wants to remove them because of health issues, he wants to make his garden grass. Do you know what I'd do? I'd grass round the blooming trees and then just cut round them. I wouldn't dig them up, would you? Because no. he then says, put them in pots round the fence line. Well, you're going to have just as much I- irritation, wouldn't you? But you could lift them, couldn't you, next season? You 15 them in... to twenty. Yeah, yeah you, to can, you can lift them up uh, this autumn. They wouldn't have gone down a huge no, amount. No. Uh, planted uh, salvia amistad for the last two years. Each year the plants have survived the winter. What do I do now? That's one that you cut back, isn't it? It is. It's the new salvia. So the new growth
2: should be coming up from the base. Uh, The old growth would be on top. Just cut back the old growth and
1: do a general feed in that area. Okay, I'm going to go back to the phones, and I'm going to be talking to Beryl in Wickford. Hello, Beryl. Rhododendrons. Yeah,
7: um, I purchased um, two rhodies a couple of weeks ago. got buds on them, but um, the ground where they're going um, is too hard. I haven't been able to dig it.
1: I can understand that.
7: (laughs) In this time, um, one of them has got lots of blooms on, but still some buds. I'm just asking really, um, shall I carry on and leave them in the pots and, um, you know, make sure I water them and feed them and all that. I've got lots of roadies, so I, you know, I know the ericaceous soil and all that but where they're going it's like a woodland area anyway so um they thrive they really do well but it's the ground i can't get them in it's too hard
2: isn't it i i i personally i if the ground is too hard i'm not gonna i'm not gonna waste any energy trying to to dig out a hole i'd i'd actually look after the plants in the pots wait for the ground to get much much softer Right. Uh, and then I'd put them in. In fact, if this, if it gets softer more in the summer, I probably would leave them in the pot still until the autumn.
7: Until the autumn yeah. and then transplant them then, yeah? Yeah,
2: but being in a pot, uh, you'll know yourself that, you know, you need to keep them relatively moist, particularly in the summer. Yeah. Um, so you get those buds forming for the following year. That's
7: right yeah yeah but if if um, the conditions you know so that i can dig the ground and they've still got a lot of blooms on them um, will that be all right yeah
2: that, that, that's fine that's absolutely all okay right. yeah
7: I haven't had any
1: problem before, but obviously this year. It's, it's, a, it's a, a very it's odd year, a isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. And uh, Trev from Alton's, you know, our Trev always listens to it down at uh, the centre there. He says they have a very good box feed, also a health mix called Top Buxus. It's very good and it does help with no, blight good, as well. It? So it's good. Thank you for Garden Centres for sending in that information because we don't always have it at our fingertips. And now let's go down to Colchester to talk to Mike. Hello, Mike. Mike. Hello there. What's I have a the qu- question
4: about greenhouse. I'm having a new greenhouse installed this next week and I want to know what do all the plants I've taken out of the old one, how to ensure that there's no pests and diseases introduced into Can't, the new one. You?
2: Well, you have to inspect all of those plants. Um, now, none of them are wilting, are they? No. Okay, so there's a good chance then they haven't got the Would you spray them and- with
1: a contact? Why? Well, in case, they have got anything.
2: But I'd only do it if they were there. Okay. So I'd, I'd inspect the plants. If you can't see anything vi- vi- physically on the plant, then, yeah, you should you should be fair enough. B- should be okay. We don't know what's in the compost, but as I was sort of saying, really, you're right at the tail end of vine weevil problems. So yeah. if they're not wilting uh, and they're perfectly gra- happy, then fine, they'd be okay to transfer. Okay.
1: Okay, thank you. Sounds Best exciting. And enjoy your new greenhouse.
0: Ken Crowther, answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex.
1: Let's go to Rama from Colchester. Bird of Paradise we're talking, is that right?
3: Yes, that's right.
1: What can we do for you?
3: Basically, I'm considering splitting the clans.
1: OK. Uh,
2: when, uh, when is the best time to split it? Is it, is it, is it? Has it got a flower spike at the moment? I've
3: got, yes, one flower that has blossomed, and there's two more coming.
2: I, I would actually let those flower if you can. Yeah. And then yeah. Once, those fl- once the flowers are finished, it's actually yes. perfectly fine for you to take out the pot and actually split them and tear them apart so you yes. can actually plant them up into individual mm. containers if you wanted to. But small containers, yeah. keep them tight. They'd like to be slightly pot bound.
3: All right, yes, because at the moment, it is pot-bound. Yeah. So uh, somebody was telling me if I split them, they might not flower it anymore.
2: They'll take time. They will flower, but they might take time. Sometimes, actually, there's no effect at all, and they will flower again the following season. If it's just got pot-bound, you're actually perfectly fine to leave it in that container for even a couple more seasons.
1: It's it's as simple as that, isn't it? Um, Now, just answering... Hi, Ken and Tom. My Acer has little black critters on the leaves. We don't know what they look like. What can I use that won't harm birds, useful insects? Thanks, Anna. Uh, spray either end of the day. And preferably on an Acer, be very careful. And I would use a contact wig, uh, contact insecticide only, wouldn't you, on an Acer? You have to be very careful with Acer, don't you? You
2: can do Or you could use, um, I mean, even, things like fatty acid sprays. Yes. Uh, safer sprays. So if sprays. you go to a garden center and ask for a safer yeah. spray. But do them earlier do not do them in the height of a sunny day. No, because, because you are very burn susceptible.
1: Let's go now to Jean in Great Wigborough. Hi Jean.
3: Hi, um, I just visited my son who's put a new laurel hedge in. Yep. He put some in the front garden which is thriving, but the, the lot that he's put in the back garden have got all these holes in, uh-huh. rust on them, yellowing leaves, and I don't know if they've been eaten by something or what's
2: happening to well, them. Well, there's, there's a couple of things actually. Uh, it can be fungal, um and it also could be physiological so it can be weather related were these
1: planted Um, just recently um the one in the back garden planted when
3: uh i can't tell you that
1: (laughs) but within within this winter yes okay yeah yeah. that's more physiological yeah the thing the thing with laurel
2: is laurel will grow through the problem what you can do is feed it don't Overly feed it. So if it has been fed already, leave it alone. If it hasn't, use a good liquid fertilizer uh, over the leaf as well. No, no, just at the base. I'll use it over the, the leaf. No, don't need to. Like don't need to. Shirt. Okay. And yeah. do not overly prune them. They won't like. They won't respond really well. well. They've well, 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 they they got to regenerate, and then you can do your yeah. pruning. So, yeah, so look at I've
3: pruned any of them.
2: No, but these look really sickly in the back garden. Yeah, they Fe- are
3: up against a fence in the back garden.
1: You need that, that, need to keep them moist and fed. Okay. Yeah, but Is not there any
3: sa- recommended food for
2: them. Um any any th- well you got you got you got maxicot range uh, right, so okay. what something that's got a, a really good leaf promoter in it so good nitrogen levels actually good phosph- good p- potassium because that strengthens the cells in the in the plant. Okay. Apply it as a drench. And wait. It is a okay. problem that these plants do face, but they do tend to grow through it. Let's face it. Oh, that's it. all right, then. They yeah. won't bit... die, then. <laughs> no, I don't think they will do. The only thing is, do not overwater. So if you put your fingers in the ground, it's it's fairly
1: moist. Leave it alone. Let's now go to Kathleen in Whittam. Ah. Kathleen.
3: Hello. i um, I'm just bought a plant called... Xenophus?
2: Ben- Xenophus, is it? Xenophus. Xenophus.
3: Yes, I haven't put it in a pot or a gulp. I'm going to put it in the garden because it's 1.5 metres in height.
1: That's right, good, that's good.
3: That's what it says on the card, and it needs all sunshine. Now, when's the best time to plant it?
1: Now, can you
2: get into the ground? Is the ground hard where you are?
3: No, because my sons have redesigned my garden.
1: Oh, that's good.
3: Well, I had a fall last July and broke
1: my hip. Right, uh, you could you could honestly, you could plant it today. No problem uh, at all. As long as you keep it well watered.
3: What as a, as a feed in?
2: Uh, use, a, um, use a granular feed uh, once you planted it in. Apply it around the surface of the soil. Just work it in the fish bud bone, grow more. Any of those would do. Have you got another
1: question?
3: Yes, it's one about the... I can't pronounce
1: it. Noreen the Baldini.
3: That's it.
1: What would you like to know?
3: I've... I sent off for some bulbs, and I've got them, and I've got about 16 bulbs to put in. They're, they're silver pink. Yeah. Now, they grow up to a 60 centimetres.
2: They do? They do, yes.
3: Right. Well, I want these to sort of go round the back of the borders. Okay. Will that be right?
2: That's absolutely fine. They'll flower later in the year, much, much, much later in the year, sort of late autumn going into winter. Uh, and and plant them in clusters, sort of threes and fives.
1: Simple as that. Uh, We're now going to Mary in West Hanningfield. Gardenia you wanted to know about.
7: Yes, hello, Ken and Tom. Um, Brilliant programme. Um, Yes, i got got a gardenia, which we've had in our cold greenhouse, and it got tortrix moth, which um, we've managed to get rid of. Done well. We wondered if it's possible to take it out of the greenhouse now, because um, the greenhouse seems to be getting a little bit too warm, and where the moth had sort of uh, attacked the leaves, they will die. But we've got lots of new shoots coming through.
1: Do you think it's a bit early, Tom, to take it out if it's been protected like that? They're semi-hardy, aren't they? They'll put up with some coal, but they won't put up with hard frost, will they? They won't, no. I mean, you could put them out but use covers over the top of them. Yeah, um, um, fleece or something, yeah, horticultural fleece. Yeah.
2: Whereabouts are you going to put it?
7: I've got it um, snuggled next to my camellia that I cover with horticultural. Feed.
2: You've got oh, it. Oh, okay. no, you're fine. Oh, that's okay. He's got shelter also from that plant. That'll be fine. That's perfect. And then again, once you plant it, use a, a good feed around
1: it uh, to get it going. It's as good as that. Hey, Pat from Brightly tea hello, Pat.
3: Hello. I've got a terrific growing in the garden. We don't know what it is. It's been there all the winter. Now it's about four foot high and it's got. Four lots of big pods on the top, and they're not like little pea pods. They're big triangular pods.
2: Is that
3: weed or is it?
2: (laughs) It's um, it's a spurge. It sounds like a spurge. If you crack a leaf very carefully, uh, do you get a milky sap coming out?
3: I've not done anything like that. Well, be careful with the milky
2: sap because it's an irritant. Uh, it's one of the it's one of the spurges. They're sort of bluey gr- bluey green in colour, but they do have these pods, very distinctive, and they can get to those heights. To be yeah. quite honest, it, in my eyes, it's a plant in the wrong place. So I'd actually yeah it I, suddenly
3: grew up beside yeah uh, the composting. birds bring
2: them yeah. in
1: often. I'd compost it, get rid of it. But oh, be right. careful be careful. The white as Tom yeah, has just wear just your gloves when you're moving wear it. Wear your gloves because the white stuff that comes out can irritate your skin. So be very right. careful.
3: Thank okay. you very much, then. I've okay. not got a
1: triffid, then. No, no, you're, <laughs> fine. no, you haven't <laughs> at all. Not, not at all at all. Um, now let's. Where should we go from here? We'll go to Christine from Basildon. Christine, what do you got for us?
3: Yes, hello, Ken, Tom. Um, we've got tomato plants in the greenhouse, a cold greenhouse, but the leaves are turning yellowy. Uh, um, do they, Do we need to feed them right now? Uh,
2: is it the lower leaves going yellow? Yes. And what size pot are they in at the moment?
3: They're in, no, they're in the ground. Oh, they're in the ground.
2: House. Have you have you started feeding?
3: No, not
2: yet. Right, I would probably feed. It sounds like, there's two things it could be actually, but it sounds like it's a nutritional problem and when you get older leaves going yellow, it's because there isn't enough nitrogen. Now, if you right. use your tomato feed, usually you usually start applying your tomato feed at the first truss when you get the flowers forming. Yes. Even if it hasn't done that, I would start feeding. Right, and that okay. would actually that will green up the rest of the plant and also promote flowers and fruit. The only right. other thing it could be is if it's too much water. So just we wondered, check.
3: Uh, we, hold, we only give it just a little bit every evening.
2: Okay, so put your finger in the in the soil. If it feels really wet, don't water. Simple as that. So it's because you might you might be overwatering, but I'd still feed. still Still feed feed, and follow the instructions very carefully.
1: Jim in Billericay. Hi, Jim.
2: Last call for today,
6: you are. are?
1: Uh, We're all right. Last call of the day. What you got for us, Jim?
6: Right. Well, I was out in the garden the other day, and I was looking around the path and and other areas, and I found these little groups of silver balls, little clusters of silver balls. I'm just wondering what the dickens are and what I should do with them, basically, other than... Are they
1: white or silver? Do you mean white?
6: Silver. Silver.
1: And they're on what the ground or the they're plant? On the
6: ground, yeah, and they are in cl- quite sizeable clusters, um, and they just—they seem to be very light they're the in eggs because of... the wind blows them a bit. But um...
1: oh, the wind blows them a bit. No, that no. Mm.
6: <laughs> I was going to say eggs. Then yeah, I
1: was going to say eggs.
6: Well, I think they're eggs, possibly of some sort, but I'm wondering if you knew what they were And Size, called. size of them? Um, a millimeter? Yeah, less than a quarter of an inch. No, smaller than that. Smaller, eight. I've got, I've got a photo, but I can't get it to you in time.
1: <laughs> no. Well, perhaps we can have a look at it next week as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Eggs or something?
6: Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, send
1: us a photo and we'll have a look at it for next week. Yeah. How I about that? Can
6: confirm your email address?
1: Ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk. I'm giving you my own one now. Oh, yeah, OK.
6: And Crowther is with us <laughs> Is that why you're not yeah. getting our text? Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's the one. And uh, don't forget, look, there's another one I just wanted to do. It says, I've loads of bedding plants, mainly uh, trailing geraniums and petunias and fuchsias. are getting very big. I've grown them indoors. Can I pot them up? baskets and keep them cold frame overnight and simple some answer is
2: yes and yes to the fleece
1: yes to the fleece yes absolutely. really important is
2: it yes absolutely now
1: tom one of the things we've gone on and on about and in fact that's a good good reminder is that really you know planting bedding out is in all the garden centers it's in all the shops now you've really got to be very careful it's indeed. going to be very
2: careful actually i mean i know people who've actually put lots out and they're just having to protect it more. You know, just be very careful. If you've got a glass house, keep it in there for a little longer. If you've got a cold frame, keep it in there.
0: The BBC Essex Gardening Hour. This is BBC Essex.
1: Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. And if you missed any of the gardening advice, tips and events, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go. Just visit the BBC Essex website... BBC.co.uk slash BBC Essex.
0: The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther, every Saturday from 11.